Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by John DeShazer and Rod Walker of The Advocate, Times Picune, NOLA.com. Am I missing anything? I think that's it. How can everyone find you if they want to read some of your stuff? Um, just go to NOLA.com and just pull down the Saints tab. Or This Rod. guy's like, I don't even have Twitter. Oh, we got Twitter too. Rod Walker, <laughs> NOLA, I'm sorry. <laughs> you want my Facebook and Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? While we're at it. Well, the Saints got to win. So we're here talking to you post a victory, which is really good considering how things were going and the conversations that were had in the locker room throughout the week. Rod, when you look at the way that the team came out, it seemed like it might be more of the same for a little while as they went down 17-7. What do you think transpired and kind of changed as the game went on? I just think, first of all, I think the defense sort of settled in after I mean, the Colts were, like, just gashing them with the run game. I, I can't remember the last time I seen a team just running it down the Saints' throat like that. But uh, once they got settled in, then the offense kind of, you know, found itself and finally started clicking. I mean, we've kind of been waiting to see this from the Saints' offense since training camp. This is who we thought they could be. Um, we talked about all the weapons, and, you know, Derek Carr used all those weapons yesterday, and um, we saw what this team can be. Let's start with the defense. J.D., you were there. You saw the Colts, the ability to, you know, establish that run game. Jonathan Taylor goes for a 42-yard run, kind of breaks out. How did the Saints clean that part of the game up? Well, I mean, they cleaned it up, but then, I mean, Zach Moss hit him for a 41-yarder later. I mean, so they, outside of the two big runs, and I know you, you can't take them out, uh, but that was half of their 160 yards rushing or whatever it was. So you take those two runs out, and the Saints actually defended the run Okay, but Jonathan Taylor and, and Zach Moss are, are no no jokes. I mean, hopefully that's pro- that's probably the best running game I would imagine the Saints are going to see this year. You know, not not counting Tennessee in the first game because you know the Titans just we just kind of finding their rhythm or whatever, or looking for their rhythm. But that's probably the best running game they're going to see. So they were able to to tighten it up outside of those two splash plays. But I mean, those are two big plays. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna you know, if that's going to happen every game, <laughs> then the numbers are going to look bad every game. So they got to figure out, you know, how to make consistent plays every rundown instead of, you know, 24 out of 26 or whatever it was yesterday. They've got to be on it every down because you're facing guys in the NFL who, you know, Jonathan Taylor very nearly took that one to the house. And Zach Moss very, very nearly took that one to the house, and then they chased him down. But you don't want to be in that position defensively where you're trying to chase die guys down, you mm-hmm. know, 40 yards down the field. So hopefully they can tighten that up. That's one of the things Dennis Allen was talking about, you know, starting better, starting better defensively, excuse me, because the last three games have not been nearly what they want to be defensively. How do you start better defensively? Because it seems like the in-game adjustments have been really good. They've been more aggressive. The last two games prior to this one, they had held teams to 10 points combined. So they have had good halftime adjustments and as the game has gone on. But how do you start better? I think it's just a matter of kind of figuring out, because I think in these last two weeks, I don't think they really knew how the other team was going to try to attack them. And I think once they figured out, I think this team is, 
you know, they're good enough defensively at at all three levels to to stop teams. So it's just a matter of them kind of knowing sooner, like, okay, this is how they're going to try to attack us. And I think once they figure it out, they're fine. Is that just more film watching? Yeah, I mean, it, it essentially is that. I mean, I think I think that's exactly what Dennis Allen said. He needs to figure out, or the team defensively needs to figure out better what a team wants to do early, even though they're throwing different stuff at you. Yeah. But, you know, you've got some film study to go on, and even if they throw something at you that you're not accustomed to seeing, you got to be able to adjust to it really quickly because you don't, don't want to be in a position. Like yesterday they gave up 21, 20 in the first half. 20. Now, one of them came off a turnover, basically, because, you know, you short field, Derek Carr had fumbled and that kind of thing. But you still got to keep them out of the end zone. But still, 20 points in the first half would have been enough to probably lose the last two games, the previous two games, mm-hmm. which it was enough to lose at Houston. And they, and they you know, lost, you know, to Jacksonville 31 to 24. But one of those was a defensive touchdown. And, you know, but anyway, you're giving up those big leads, giving, giving up the big points early. And until yesterday, this offense had not proven that it could like go stride for stride or score enough to be able to 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 be able to kind of settle in defensively. So, yeah, it's a nice luxury to have, but only the offense has proven that one game. So you can't just assume the Saints are going to be a thirty point per game offense all of a sudden when their history of this season has not been that. So now, can they consistently do that on offense? But even if they can't, you still got to figure out a way to stop folks on defense. You can't be giving up 17 or 20 and a half and then playing from behind and say, okay, we'll get them in the second half and not knowing what your offense is going to be. When they, fed, when they went down 17-7 yesterday, I thought, I thought it was over. I just I said, okay, this is, yeah, this and, is the same old and, stuff. Yeah, and the only thing, I, only thing that didn't make me think it was totally over was Indy had scored, I think, off the car fumble. And they really hadn't stopped the Saints' offense that much. You know, the Saints kind of, you know, I think they punted on the first one and they turned it over. But really, they seem to be, if, if they can just hold on to the ball, they'll be able to score against Indy. And that was the only solace you got. But then, you know, it's 17-7, to 7 and you like, it, it, it looked exactly like the previous two games because it was like, are they going to be able to score enough to, to win this game, even though it doesn't look like Indy might be able to stop them? But are they going to be able to take advantage of it? Because... Hey man, before yesterday we were nine to nine to twenty four in the red zone is hard to do. That's hard to do, man. Now they got went three for four yesterday, but that's kind of hard to do. So you didn't know if they'd be able to score in the red zone. You didn't know if they had a comeback offense in them. You just didn't know. Now yesterday you get something on on, and now you can say, okay, we've proven we can do it. Okay, cool. Now do it again and again and again and again because that's what the NFL is. Yeah, because we saw them do this against New England. You know, they put up yeah. 34 points. Yeah. There was one defensive touchdown in that game. And the next two games, they, you know, yeah. just went back to being a really bad offense. So the key for this team is to be able to string some wins together and have another performance like they did yesterday. And to the offense's credit, I mean, they've gone over 400 yards three games in a row, which is pretty hard to do in the NFL. So for them to do that, you know, says a lot about – uh, the direction that this team could be going. It was good to see all things click on the offensive side. Derek Carr was on no interceptions, threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara gets into the end zone twice on the ground, through the air. And then you have some huge plays by Rashid Shahid. You're working your short game with Michael Thomas, using all areas of the field and a variety of offensive weapons how much better, how much more improvement can this offense have? Or or do you think this is what it's going to be, what's going to work? Now, yesterday could have been a 600-yard game because the, there's a couple of slants to Michael Thomas that aren't clean. 
that Michael Thomas could have gotten. And then there is a, a touchdown that hits Chris Olave in the helmet. <laughs> so, I mean, it could have been a 600-yard mm-hmm. game and and 48 to 50-point game. So, I mean, this offense, it's there. Now, can they do it again? Can they do it consistently? Because mm-hmm. even though yes, even yesterday they end up with 160 rushing yards, but a, you know, a lot of that is Taysom, of course. Uh, Indy is like every other team. They're going to say, we're not going to let Alvin Kamara run for 120 yards on us. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to beat us a different kind of way. Even though Alvin, I think he still ends up with 60-some yards rushing, but you know they're not going to allow Alvin Kamara to be the guy to beat them. So, But this offense, you got – you got Mike Thomas. You got Rashid, who who I think he only played 18 plays and ends up with 151 receiving yards, which is crazy. You got Chris Olave, who seems to be in a little bit of a funk. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he'll get out of it soon. But there's a lot there to be able to to score. And 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 then when Taysom Hill's on the field, man, it's you know if Taysom's gonna if they're gonna play like that when Taysom that quarterback, then you can see why they want him to have those quarterback snaps, and you can see why this offense can be able to score in the red zone because you can just you can just thug people up down there when, when you got to do that big and you can run it and you can be physical. And you slide Colin Saunders in there right in front of Taysom and just let him lead the way into the end zone. 99 problems, that's what I call it. <laughs> he's number 99 and um, yeah, he's a guy that you know comes in and just opens up those holes. We didn't even talk about Jamal Williams who I thought mm-hmm. had some really violent runs yesterday. You know, he was solid yesterday. He picked up a big block on the on a pass to Michael Thomas in the first quarter that, you know, if he doesn't pick up that block there, Derek Carr's probably going to get sacked. So um, I think Jamal's, um, him returning for the past, what, two weeks, I think that's been big for this team as well. So, I mean, yeah, these are all the weapons that we've been talking about, you know, since training camp, and now we're seeing them put to use. Alvin Kamara gets 22 touches, so he's still a, a lot of usage in the offense, but his carries went down to 17. So I know there was the intention of giving Jamal Williams some more reps and Kendra Miller, even Taysom Hill getting involved in the run game. How do you think getting more guys involved made Alvin more effective? I think, I mean, you just, first of all, you're just saving that wear and tear on his body, mm-hmm. which is is huge for running backs. I mean, we know how short the, the lifespan of running backs is in the NFL. So um, just, you know, using all these other guys who have different skill sets is, is going to be big for this team. And I think um, – Credit to Pete Carmichael for recognizing that and being able to spread the ball around and using everybody, keeping everybody fresh, and um, that's that's big for this team. Do you think this was the best called game by Pete Carmichael? Yeah, well, they all look good when guys make plays for you. I mean, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it looks good because because Rashid Shaheed comes down with a 44-yard pass from Taysom Hill that could have been an interception, but it's a tie ball, so the tie goes to the receiver. It wasn't and, a great – the ball wasn't yeah, it was great not a great. Time. It was <laughs> not a greatly thrown pass, uh, but you know, you, you call the plays. I mean, he. I'm sure he calls those shot plays, and if you've got the the right defense for that shot play, you can't throw that deep ball to Rashid Shahid. Or you know, if you know, you you, it's a perfectly called play for Chris Olave, and it hits him in the helmet. Now, if he hits him in the helmet, and the Saints lose by a touchdown, everybody's like, "Oh, Pete Carmichael stinks. He ought to be fired." But they got enough scoring to where it doesn't matter in the end. So I think plays have been called. And, you know, sometimes you call a play and you get several options. And what option does the quarterback take? How much time does he have to take that option? And, that, and those kinds of things always always factor in. You know, it's, it's easy to sit at home on the couch and say, man, that dude was wide open. Well, ain't nobody trying to hit you in the head and knock you out. 
You know, so it, it's a lot easier to say that when you're just watching as opposed to when the guy's out there doing it. So I think yesterday was because of production. Yeah, it looks like by far the most productive and best called game from Pete Carmichael. But I would probably argue that maybe he had a good he had he, I thought he had a good game going at Green Bay. And then Derek Carr gets hurt, and all of a sudden you got to switch up what you're doing. And I thought they had a good thing going at New England, and you just didn't need a whole lot because the defense was playing so mm-hmm. well. So I think he's had some good games. It's just it looks a whole lot better when you stick it in the end zone. Yeah, five touchdowns is hard to <laughs> hard to say anything negative about yeah. what Pete Carmichael did yesterday. Rod, you tweeted something after the game about the offensive line and how much they've improved. They've gotten to Derek Carr a lot less over the past few games. How much do you think that has helped this offense improve? Oh, I think that's been huge. You know, we haven't even – the first six weeks of the season, that's all we were talking about was how bad the offensive line was. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they've only given up two sacks to, um, in the past two weeks, one against the uh, Jag- Jaguars and one against the Colts. And I think it was 16 or 17 sacks through the first six six weeks of the season. So, yeah, they're – playing a lot better, and I asked D.A. about that today, and, you know, he said it's just a matter of those guys working and grinding and paying attention to detail. I mean, he says, you know, I think sometimes we try to make it like rocket science, and it's not. He said it's just a matter of them paying attention to details, and um, they're playing well, and, I mean, they're keeping him upright. And they rushed for 160-something yards yesterday, which is mm-hmm. a season high. So, I mean, if you're not talking about the offensive line, that's a good thing. So um, they're doing things right. Now, D.A. said it ain't rocket science, but, I mean, Andrews Pete playing, playing left tackle and Mike, Max Garcia playing left guard. Basically, you've got a new starting left side of the line. And neither one of those guys were expecting to be playing in those positions. And Andrews Pete hadn't played left tackle, I think, since 2018. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I understand it ain't rocket science, but it takes a lot of chemistry to be able to get guys to mm-hmm. be able to do what you want to do on the offensive line. So, you know, I think it's, it's really commendable that it's only been a couple of sacks the last couple of weeks when all things are considered, you know, with that offensive line and the new people they have in there. And by the way, the the game previous to that, it was Cam Irving at right tackle instead of Ryan Ramchick. So, you know, you had three new guys on the offensive line. So I, th- I think they really, really kind of stepped up their game. You know, it's a pride thing. You don't you – know, when the quarterback's on his back, you know, you can look around the offensive line and it's somebody's fault. They know it's somebody's fault. And so I think those guys just, you know, maybe just got tired of people talking bad about them. We should give Andrew Peters credit. I mean, you know, he's a guy yep. that's been – he's taken a lot of heat since yes, he's he been has. with the Saints. Yeah. And yeah. He's playing the the hardest position on the offensive line, something like – I mean, he played it in college. Um, and he played his summit, you know, here. He stepped in for Teron Armstead a few times, you know, when he was injured. But for him to make that transition has been really big. And, uh, you know, I think Saints fans who have been so hard on him should make sure they give him his props for the last two weeks because, you know, he hadn't given up any uh, – Sacks. Yeah, and last thing on Andrews, because Andrews you know, got injured in training camp, but Andrews kind of, quote-unquote, lost his left guard position to, to, to James Hurst. And so, you know, it's like, man, this dude you know, has, has kind of, like you said, he's been through a little bit and has, has bounced back and didn't, you know, didn't pout. You know, he you know he had to wait his turn and he you know, he had to play the, you know, the, the extra lineman on a couple of, in a couple of games. And, you know, when it, when it was time to play, he came in, to not only play, but now play in a new position that he hadn't played in a long time. I, I, I'd love to know how many reps he's had at left tackle since he's been in the NFL. Probably, you know, you can probably count them on your hands and hands and feet before before getting in now as a as a regular starter. I asked him about it last week, just, you know, how hard that 
transition was. And one of the things he, he said, I think the actual quote was something about it. It wasn't quite like riding a bike, but he said as the game went on last week, and I'm talking about the um, Jacksonville game, that he just felt like he was getting more comfortable with that new position. So um, here he is two games in, and, and he's done, you know, he's been solid. No, I think it's only fair that we give them their props because, yes, as you mentioned, they certainly get it when things are not going well. Uh, we, so, beat yeah. we beat them up bad for six weeks. <laughs> Those poor now. guys. They definitely never feel any praise for, for anything that they do well, and they have been playing so much better as a unit, even with different guys in different positions multiple weeks in a row now. Going back to the defensive side, a couple positives, though, I think was Paulson Adebo's play. He had a really great game. Sometimes he takes some flack for being a little more aggressive, drawing some penalties. But overall, I think he played a clean game and obviously had that one interception as well. Yeah, his best game of the season, good recognition on the pick because he would have been, if he got tackled in the end zone, he would have been ruled down at the two. According to the official stats, he intercepted at the two. So coming out of the end zone was the right thing to do. But, yeah, he was sticky yesterday. He he had three-pass defense, which is a career high in a single game for him. Uh, he really played well. And, you know, this is the defense for him. I know it's a really, really aggressive defense. They like to play a lot of man-to-man, and, and they are handsy on the corners and in the slot, real handsy. But he played a clean, nice game yesterday. And Demario Davis, the linebacker, he's been a little limited at practice dealing with a, a knee. He's had a huge brace that he's been wearing during the games and somebody maybe at his age that has, has gotten as much playing time as him doesn't need the practice, but it's definitely hard on his body. And he had 12 tackles. He had one of his better games as well. How impressive have how impressed have you been with just his play, knowing that he is playing with that injury? Wait, wait, before Rod answers, I got I got to interject. But that's a Mississippi boy, Demario, and Rod's a Mississippi boy. <laughs> they, they, they take care of each other now. So right? Rod's, Rod's do. <laughs> I actually covered Demario when he was in high school. I mean, he was, you know, he wasn't nearly as big as he is now. But uh, yeah, I mean, and it's funny because like last week when they were the Jaguars game, I had like a, you know, sometimes we would pre-write a story just in case, and I didn't know if for sure Demario was going to play. You know, it would have been his first game missing due to an injury, and you know, he refuses to <laughs> to sit out. I mean, that's just how good he is, and just how uh, dedicated he is. And um, yeah, I mean, the, whatever he's dealing with with his knee, I mean, he's handling it well. I mean, he, he was one of the – you talked about that, them running down the running backs on those plays. DeMario was the one who ran – it was him and somebody else, but on that Jonathan Taylor long run in the first half, it was DeMario who, who was downfield. And there was another play when he was uh, defending a tight end yeah, on, a, pass on a pass breaker. Break yeah. yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that, that just says a lot about, about who he is. And I'm not going to keep raving about him because I know. I called, him, I, called him, I called him the Wolverine. I was like, Wolverine, you going you gonna to play? Yeah. I was like, Wolverine can't get hurt. What are you doing with a knee brace on? Yeah. But, he, uh, yeah, he bounces back fast, man. Yeah. And there was a moment in the game when he hit Gardner Minshew, and they both – it was just kind of – this is some Mississippi stuff. That, no, I was going to ask you because they went to the same school. High school. Yeah. yeah, obviously DeMario's older. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't play together, but uh, they obviously know each other. I mean, it's – Kind of a small town in Mississippi, but uh, it was just kind of ironic to see that Demario hit Minshew on that play, and he ended up throwing the ball away. But he got he was limping a little bit after that. Um, I don't know if he actually went to the injury tent, but he was on the sidelines. They were they looked at him, and he went right back in the game. But um, just just a Brandon Mississippi story. <laughs> <laughs> That's all my Mississippi for today. That's it. That's it. <laughs> We talked a lot about the Saints, what they did well, a couple of things they needed to kind of clean up defensively. Some of the penalties that they had early in the game definitely hurt them. 
There was the one turnover, but then they were able to force one. Going forward this week, you have the Bears at home. What are your early predictions, things that they need to do in that one to be successful? J.D.? Well, if Justin Fields isn't playing at quarterback for the Bears, and it looks like he might not be, then you've got to stop the run because you know they want to lean on the run when they've got a, a young rookie quarterback and you want to keep keep him from having to win the game. So this will be imperative for the Saints to take away the run in this game uh, against the Bears because you know I don't know a whole lot about the quarterback, but I know for a fact that if the Saints can make it one-dimensional, that's exactly where they'll want him because he's not very experienced, obviously. And and we just saw him on Sunday Night Football. He didn't look very good in that game. So you want if you're the Saints, you want to make sure you keep him that way. You want to keep him jittery. You want to keep him, you know, guessing. You want to keep him nervous. And I think they can do that by stopping the run because then you get to rush the quarterback and you get to hit him. I think just on paper, I mean, this is a game that the Saints should win. I haven't looked at the odds, but, I mean – they just need to do what they did yesterday. You can't have a a letdown after a game. I mean, you've built some you're trying to build some momentum and you have to do all those things they did um yet on Sunday. Paying attention to details. You know, you gotta cut down on the penalties which you just mentioned. But um I think it's for me the, the Saints are it's more about themselves. I don't think the the opponent they're going to line up and be better than most of the teams they play on paper. Just a matter of you know translating that to the actual game. And um, if they handle themselves in the third in the, on third downs and in the red zone, I think this team's going to be fine. And I think the schedules we've talked about the favorable schedule, and they're only four and four, and they should be probably six and two right now. So uh, they need to take care. This is a game they need to take care of. They need to win this one. They need to if Minnesota's going. They're going to be without Kirk Cousins the following week. The Saints need to take care of those kind of games. And then after that would be the bye, and then you're you're going to see Atlanta, so you get right back into the divisional play. We did talk about how easy the schedule was, and this is definitely a point of it where they can continue to build that momentum. And, and D.A. said it in the locker room last night, you can't just be satisfied with one. We have to go get another one and another one and another one. Where do you think the team is at? mentally because last week it seemed like everybody was still trying to get on the same page things seemed to click Sunday where do you think they're going to go from here well I hope they're pretty even keeled I mean you, you can't get too high after a win or too low after a loss in the NFL because it's just hard and I know the schedule says it, it's favorable but man teams in the NFL you get a quarterback that you don't know a whole lot about and he makes two throws and all of a sudden he feels like he can beat you and the next thing you know, you're at the end of the third quarter and the score's, you know, 17 to 14 and, you know, you're sweating it out a little bit. So, you know, hopefully that in the case. But I, I guess they're in, they, should be, they should be in a good mind frame. They should be mm-hmm. because they should feel good about that game last night. But that, as D.A. said in his postgame, is only yesterday. That, that's that one that's game. You, you, yeah, you throw that one away and now you gotta, you got to repeat it. you got to do it again. But they should feel pretty good about – where they think they're headed because yesterday was the first time offensively they did what they think they're capable of doing. And the defense did it for a half. But the de- we, we know this defense, if when it's right, it can be real right. But the offense finally showed you, you know what, okay, there, there's some of what we thought was there is there. So they should be in a pretty good mind frame. Can they carry it over to Sunday? Man, I, I hope so because it's miserable in the city. 
<laughs> when the Saints don't win on Sunday, it's miserable at work for us when the Saints don't win on Sunday. So I hope they I hope they got it in them. I, I think they do, but you know, you just never you just never know in the NFL. And that's what DA said is that we needed this win, everybody needed this win, and I think everybody can agree. Like y'all wanted it, I wanted it, the fans wanted it. Uh, it was good to see everything click. The return of Jawan Johnson, he had one reception, and then he was targeted in the end zone one time. How do you think his usage is going to change? Is it just because he was getting back into the game? Do you think they're going to look for him more? I think they will. I mean, he was a guy – He, you could probably say that he was um, Derek Carr's favorite target in training camp. I mean, he was mm-hmm. – and Derek Carr, I mean, he has a history of throwing the tight ends anyway. When he's the Raiders, he did that a lot, obviously. So I think we will see Juwan's um, usage, um, his targets pick up in, in the ne- next few weeks. Uh, talking to him last week, you know, he was talking about uh, what he brings to his team. Is He thinks he brings a lot of energy to the team. And, I mean, I'm not on the sideline, so I don't really get to see. And I'm not in the locker room before games, so I don't know what kind of juice he actually brings. But he felt like that was his role on his team as well. So, um, yeah, that's another a, a player that's coming back and – and that, that can help this team out. And, you know, this team's been, for the most part, I mean, I would say the Saints have been probably healthier than years past. I mean, I remember those injury reports used to look, <laughs> they were just long and um, longer than a Walmart, I mean, Wal, Walgreens CBS receipt. Right? CBS yeah. receipt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, his return is going to be big for this team. I think this week the injury report was long, but just because of the illness, hopefully that bug has made its way through, out of, and away from this building. And yeah. hopefully. Thomas, you know, he was, what questionable Saturday night? You know, yeah, you know he was going to be able to play, and he came out. And I thought he had a, a solid game as well. I mean, he's a guy that. I mean, he he missed that pass that was thrown behind him that Michael Thomas normally catches, but I, mean, yeah. I thought he played. You know, I thought he played well, and you saw him on the sidelines a lot yesterday. He was, you know, just making sure guys were keeping their heads up even when they fell down seventeen to seven. And he's been uh, more vocal, I would say, this year as far as his just leadership yeah. and this, even just talking in the locker room and kind of being a spokesperson for the team. I mean, that's kind of big for him as well. Yeah, because Mike, in the past, that hadn't been Mike. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, come over to his locker and talk to him, you know, during the week, that hadn't been Mike. And you know, yesterday, it looked like he and Derek Carr just a little bit off. Like like the first slant looks like Mike was, you know, on, on one of those routes where, you know, okay, I'm going to catch it and get down because I'm in traffic. And Carr threw it up a little high, and you know, as he's going down, the ball's up, and you can't get to it. And you know, as you mentioned, the one a little bit behind him. So that's one of those things that you know, obviously, I think Da said, you know, Carr might have missed six plays or so. That's two of them. Yeah, that's two of them right there. <laughs> and two to Alave, I think he probably counted both of those. Yeah. So I don't know what the other two were, but yeah. So so you know, it's one of those things that you hope to see worked out because Mike is, you know, Mike is valuable. I I, I can't remember who else till last week. Man, Mike, think about this. Mike played ten games in three years. And he's about to play game number nine this year, so it's kind of a major a major thing because we always kept saying, you know, man, if Mike can get yeah. back on the field, what can this offense do? So, you know, hopefully uh, it'll take off like it did yesterday. Yeah, health for him has always been a question mark, and he has definitely been available and been a big part of this team. Do you think that he said? Get it to me to start this game. Like I'm the vet. I'm the guy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. See, I don't think so. I think they. I think they like to set the tone like that. Get you know because most games they've like given Mike an early target, an early target or two, yeah. and, 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 and an early deep target at that. Now that I think about it, 
So they've been kind of, you know, making sure he gets involved early because, you know, I guess he's probably no different than most guys. If you get me something early, then you got me you got me attentive the entire game. And I ain't saying Mike will lose attention, but you certainly get the guy's attention a little bit more when you get it to him early. He, he feels involved and feels like, okay, I, I can contribute here. And, you know, you just want guys feeling like, you know, they've got value in the game as opposed to, you know, not getting a target for a half and then a guy maybe maybe straying or drifting a little bit mentally. I think that it might be the fact that he's the vet. He's the guy that can make those contested catches. You can rely on him. He's kind of like a sure yeah, option. I mean, he's like one of the most reliable guys in, in the league. You know, I mean, you throw it to him, most of the time he's going to catch it. I mean, just kind of what he does and – that's what he's put all the work in for that he's done. I mean, that's who Michael Thomas is. Yeah. Chris Olave still got the most targets, though, in the game yesterday. So hopefully that's one of the connections that continues to improve and they kind of find their rhythm as the games go on. Chris got robbed on one. He went down. And the ref said he gave himself up. And Chris was just sliding to stay in bounds and keep the <laughs> clock running. And the ref was like, no, 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 can't get up and run. And Chris was like, man, they don't know. I asked him in the locker room after he was like, "Man, you know, they called. They told me they said I gave myself up, but he real. I mean, he gave himself up because he yeah. wanted to stay in bounds to keep the clock running. But when they jump over you and don't touch you, it's like, okay, I can get up and go." He had a play early in the game where I thought um, he probably could have picked up some more yards. And he just kind of went out of bounds, and um, I mean, he, I mean, he probably gonna gain you know five or six more yards. So I just thought that was something that that I think he needs to. You know, to kind of get worked out, but I mean, that's that's kind of nitpicking there. But yeah. I didn't. I yeah. just remember. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if Chicago game they do look to get him involved early, intentionally to kind of get him involved in the game and keep him in there mentally and keep him, you know, doing what you what you want him to do because you know he is a valuable. The first two three games of the season, he was a team MVP mm-hmm. on offense. You know, there wasn't a whole lot else going besides Chris Olave, so you got to get him back in rhythm, but. You know, it is a, a, a conundrum because you've got a lot of dudes that you need to get the ball to, you know, whether it's Shahid or Alvin or Taysom or, you know, Juwan or Mike or whoever, man. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and you only get so many snaps. So, you know, how are you going to distribute it and keep everybody happy all the time? That That's a good problem to have, but it is kind of a problem. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Graham was out yesterday. He was the only one with the illness, but Foster Moreau didn't get any looks. Kendra Miller's gotten a couple. So, yeah, there are a lot of people that if, if you're playing the got-to-keep-happy game, it's it's got to be tough to kind of figure out how you do that. But at least we got the win yesterday, and it seems like everybody walked away happy, and we can keep it going as they have the Bears here on Sunday. Rod, appreciate it. J.D., thank you. And thank you to all of you for listening. This has been the New Orleans Saints podcast on NewOrleansaints.com or anywhere that you get your pods. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.